Hey listeners, Steven here. Just a heads up post-production. We had to splice in the Skype audio backup uh, over Steve's voice lines because his audacity crapped out about 40 minutes in, so you'll notice uh, a change in the audio quality there as I did my best to save the last half of this episode, and I think it was really good. We talked to one of our patrons, dear friends, and beloved indie game developer Devin Weersma, so I hope you'll stay tuned for the entire thing, even if the audio quality dips slightly. As we say in the business, on with the show. Hola, comrades, and welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. This is episode number 195, which is much easier to say in English than in French. Coming at you, our patrons, on August 16th, 2021. Everyone else, August 18th. It's a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them. My name is Stephen, one of your hosts, spelled with a PH and an A, so you'd think it's Stefan, because phonetically, that's just how it works, but it's not. It's Stephen. Joining me, of course, the other main dude, Stephen, spelled PH and an E, uh, but we just call him Steve. It's Steven and Steve, and that's never confused anyone. Yep. Whew. We have a very special guest this week, Steve, joining me. I, I wrote a whole little thing for this. We are utterly thrilled to be joined by Canadian indie dev Devin, the illustrious creator of Bombing, a graffiti sandbox, and Run to Rules Light, TTRPG. Uh, Devin is also a graffiti artist making dope shit in and around Toronto, currently a level designer at Beans, making what I can only assume is Hotline Miami 3 with Devolver Digital, and pre- previously was at Ubisoft Toronto Boo and Coco Cucumber Co. Woo! I just want to say it's been a joy to follow Devin and their takes on Twitter. Hashtag ActiBlizzWalkout. Uh, Devin, thank you for being thank here. Thank you for having me. And I have to say that I'm always consistently impressed whenever you do that intro because you just like fight it's like a machine gun you just fire it at it's so good <laughs> thank you they i uh yeah we've done a hundred and well i haven't i've done probably what a hundred of these maybe uh, uh too many two years two years yeah, internalized it i have yeah we're, we're on a we're on a rhythm here which is it also works with how how fluid the show is i think we we add and remove segments at whim that uh we got to come up with some rambling intro for all that to say canadiangamedevs.com is of course supported by our amazing patrons of whom devin is one over on patreon.com slash canadiangamedevs uh you can back us there for two-day early access to the show game key giveaways every month discounts for canadian gaming events like eglx shout outs at the end of every episode and the knowledge you're helping us do what we do uh at, if you back us at our top tier we'll plug whatever you want for the duration of you backing us at that tier like our main man eric beer check out the botbook.com uh Dev, or sorry eric see that's the other issue with talking too fast is as steve knows sometimes all my words just come out as a giant porridge mess and i call eric <laughs> devin instead of eric uh but eric's looking for speakers sponsors and attendees for game slice 2021 uh, Steve and I will also be doing a special uh, sort of let's play commentary of what we do sort of here on the podcast, but for a bunch of the games submitted. Uh, if it's a lot of games, just the Canadian ones. If it's not, we'll do all of them, but that's up in the air. But uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. And you can check that out at gameslice.joydrop.co. We've also been plugging uh, the Indian Residential School Survivor Society at the front of every episode because we firmly believe in supporting the First Nations in their fight against all of the bullshit going across this country. And the Indian Residential School Survivor Society is a big part of that. Uh, and we also love to ask our guest, Devin, is there any sort of charitable institution or cause you, you want us to plug here at the top of the show? 
Oh god, charitable institution or has. Uh the five nineteen in Toronto is a very good two S LGBTQ plus organization. Um you should donate to them because they are very good at helping out the community and they are great people. Um That's all I can pull from the top of my head. <laughs> Perfect. We'll put links to both of those top of the show notes. Uh, just a little tease for what we're going to be talking about this week. Uh, Benjamin Rivers is deceased. Uh, they passed away and been reborn in a new studio. Uh, NHL <laughs> that, is finally... That actually scared me. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> NHL is finally coming out on Next Gen, Steve, yep. uh, as the only real... Well, I have a couple of friends who play NHL, but fan of that in my life. Uh, we've got Wishlist this games, including a couple I'm very excited about, uh, as well as Jobs Events. And more. Uh, and let's start with some of those jobs. We are all currently full-time employed game developers. Isn't that right, Steve? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you want to join us in the illustrious elite rank of game devs, you should uh, check out Bellwood Studios looking for a senior game developer in the Unity engine. I was just talking about this with a friend this week. Game job posts are nonsense like senior in one listing is like five to ten years in another listing it's like two to three there's just no consistency so when i say senior game developer for unity engine for bellwood studios uh they list that as uh an expert in unity and c sharp and dots i don't even think um, they put I don't, a, I don't even think they have like thing. A, yeah they don't put a year thing it's kind of the same all over the place i've i got like uh i had a recruiter reach out to me one time for a senior like Salesforce admin and in their job description was like 10 years of, of uh, like service they wanted. And I was at like three at this point. Hmm. And I'm just like, that's awesome. I, I've heard that sometimes people just kind of want to weed out. Like <clears throat> they won't, they don't want juniors basically. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, I'm not saying um, this like Bellwood studios. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying in general, sometimes you got to weed out people is, is what I've heard the theory. Steve, I'm, I'm curious. Have you ever thought of becoming a game developer? I, Yes. So when I quit my job back in, when the hell did I do that? February? Like I'm stay at home dad now. And my initial plan was be a stay at home dad, work on Canadian game devs and learn unity. And probably cause I'm an idiot. I didn't realize just how much like being a stay at home dad, how much work that was. And so I, did, mm. I dropped, you know, I don't really work on Canadian game devs as much as, as I should. You know, I'm going to put Steve on the spot as neither does he. <laughs> and, uh, Same. <laughs> and so I, I'm trying to learn Unity, and I'm doing little bits here and there. What I really fucking miss, though, is I don't have a desk. Like, I haven't had a desk in, like, five months, and I don't have, like, a, a dedicated space to, like, learn and study and stuff like that. So we just moved. Yeah, so that, hoping, that would like, hamper a bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And it was because, like, for the longest time, I didn't have a second monitor. Or I still don't, really, technically. And uh, and I don't have a place to per one because I don't have a fucking desk. So I went. I was watching videos on one monitor and doing Unity stuff on the other, and it's like it's more difficult to do without. So the idea is yes to learn Unity, but we'll see how successful I am. If you have learned Unity and you want to work <laughs> on an in development <laughs> title, uh, they're asking for someone familiar with SimCity or Skylines, uh, Crusader Kings, uh, Capitalism games, and Tycoon games. What's the difference? Uh, they offer a tight-knit team of professionals, flexible work hours, uh, work in office or from home, but their preferred Toronto developers, a competitive salary, and the possibility of earning equity in the company. So that's Bellwood Studios. 
Joy Drop is also looking for Unreal and Unity developers. Um, yes, that's the same Joy Drop putting on Game Slice. They do a lot of things. So if you're looking for uh, roles currently, check those out. And Gene Leggett is still uh, looking for a part-time producer around October, November. So go follow them for uh, first dibs at that application when it goes live. Uh, any jobs you know around the site or industry, Steve slash Devin? Uh, I, I'm talking to a few people. I don't know if they're, I don't know yet, but okay. Devin is beans. Uh, is beans hiring? Uh, so you're hiring a little yeah, while ago. I, yeah. I think they, I think we are currently looking for a lead game designer. I want to say, Ooh. I think that's a thing Hot that's damn. still happening. If you check out the site, uh, thebeansteam.com. I hope I get that right. Let me just type it in right now. Uh, <laughs> and stuck. Uh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, thebeansteam.com. Um, oh, that will oh, take the you to the site. Team. And yeah, and so if there's it's, any, yes, lead game designer. I was right. I'm a genius. Oh man, I this did website's it. awesome. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is the most. <laughs> if I remember correctly, thing. oh yeah, this is like mid '90s, late '90s. Let me tell you, my time. It's trying it, to look it, like one of those old sites. It's very hard to be to tell people like I work at the Beans team and they don't know what that is and you send them to this website <laughs> and then it's just more of a conversation. The Comic Sans, my god. The shit the, I love this. The background that the, uh, and stuff. Oh man. This brings uh, me back. I had a website that just looked just like this. The Big Con just put out a 90s website too. It's oh, pretty good. Yeah, embrace uh tradition, reject modernity, design your website like this um let's talk about some events shall we i got several coming up and if anyone else has one throw it in uh coming up thursday august 26th games making games of course having their monthly games writer circle it's online uh, a chill night of talking about narrative design and writing for games uh that's totally free as of most of dmg uh events so you should check that out thursday september 2nd is the games writing work group for uh september uh, it's geared towards writers who want to work together in a virtual space, bring in progress projects to work on, and be prepared for a supportive co-working session. That same day, at uh, 7 p.m. Central Time, the IGDA Winnipeg is having an interactive roundtable on growth. Uh, they say, quote, we've been noticing a lot of growth among our homegrown studios, so we thought we'd have a good time to talk about it. So that'll be an evening of hearing from people who've done well over the past couple of years, trying to figure out key strategies to get where they are. Dirty Rectangles Online is coming back Wednesday, September 8th, so you can see a bunch of game devs talk about their cool shit on twitch.tv slash Dirty Rectangles. Always enjoy tuning in for that. Uh, September 6th to 18th, the Women in Games Festival, a first-of-its-kind event celebrating interconnectedness in an ambitious online galaxy. Wow. Taking place across two weeks, it encompasses a vast range of universally relevant subjects. There's a lot of good language in this event description, and is designed to create a safe and positive celebratory online environment. And if you're sitting there asking, why would you make a whole games festival just about women... Uh, shut up. Uh, Tuesday, September 21st to Thursday, September 28th, Game Slice, we've been talking about for a long time. Of course, coming back. Uh, more details about that in the description. And Game Dev Atlantic is coming back. That's so far away. I don't know what I'm doing in October, and I doubt anyone does or if we'll still be here. But that's a one day long conference fostering the growth of Game Dev in Atlantic Canada. We'll be melted by then. Definitely, uh, at least up to our knees. Uh, anyone else got any events they want to bring to the table? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I ever since the pandemic, 
it's like i forget that events are a thing because time has no meaning and events are very based on time and so it's just completely lost do you go to any uh any events regularly uh devin that you would recommend or it's all just been kind of heads down at work doing your thing uh, it's been pretty pretty heads down. Um, and yeah, because I can't keep track of time, I don't know when events are anymore, and so I'm just completely lost when it comes to events now. Um, awesome. So it, like, I used to like just go to the occasional one whenever they came up. Like, I remember going to EGLX before the pandemic, and I think that was <clears> probably <throat> the last one that I think I went to. But ever since, it's just like, I don't know when anything is anymore or where anything <laughs> is. Who can keep track? Gamma Space. Turns out most of it's always, online. Yeah. yeah. Gamma Space always had those weekly ones, like the play games with friends and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. There was that one at the bar. Uh, what was that? Oh, Torontaro. Torontaro. There's another one at a bar that was uh, it was brought up, put on by like the 13 a.m. games guys. Oh, was that the, yeah, the sp- breakfast bonus one? Bonus stage. Bonus, uh, yeah, bonus stage. I missed bonus stage. That was, bonus I think that was, was probably my favorite event. Um, There's also the Game Dev Audio Breakfast Club. There once a month, I think. Yeah, Jake Budden. In Hamilton? Big nerd. Well, it's no, on Discord now. Toronto. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, that's it for all of our, our paperwork at the top of the show. So very cleverly post-recording, I insert a little uh, sound effect of paper being shuffled, and it's it's amazing. Everyone loves it. Um, <laughs> you should just shuffle, the actually shuffle paper. Well, the, the recording is one day I was trying to... Like, uh, talk like what should the sound effect be and steve just shuffled some paper so i just made that the the sound effect i play it is it's homegrown our our wish list sound effect was made by sebastian who also just did that while we were talking about (laughs) it just randomly got (laughs) (laughs) and a bunch of uh other sound effects i like to put throughout here are just stolen off of youtube but um as all good content creators do uh i got two releases for people this week from around canada First up from Hamilton, Ontario, Descent Vector colon Space Runner. It's out now on Steam. 24% off until 26 hours from now. So patrons, you got time. Everyone else, I'm sorry. You should just buy it anyway. Support indie game developers. Uh, we covered this one a bit. Race your space pod through procedurally generated gauntlet of space stations, asteroids, and debris. Uh, single player sci-fi endless runner. Looks great. And yeah, I'm, this, is, this is my kind of dumb action arcade game that I would 100% watch a TV show or listen to a podcast while playing. It, it, I love the little space shuttle has like the little thrusters on it from like, you know, space media. Um, <laughs> you know, the stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It, it looks really smooth too. It reminds me of one of those. Um, do you ever play those flash games with like the, it's like, I think you're supposed to be like a rocket going down a tube and it looked exactly like this, um, but like way more simple and not as pretty. Um, it reminds me of that. This nice. looks good. I agree. He I love us, the big uh, backgrounds too. You gave us codes. I think we have codes in there. Oh no! I should play this. Yeah. <laughs> I like the look of this. I'm, I'm now just uh, remembering. I'm pretty sure he emailed us a while back, and I owe him an email. Sorry. Thank you, Heavy Pepper in Hamilton. We appreciate it, and everyone should check this one out. Also out this week, five years in development uh, from Saint Catharines, Ontario, The Veil, Shadow of the Crown, quote. Close your eyes, become a warrior, feel your enemy's rasping breath, a foot shifts on swampy ground, the crack of steel on wooden shield. The Veil is an audio-based action-adventure that sets out to breathe new life into medieval combat and fantasy narrative. Uh, I was seeing this game get some big coverage this week. It was in The Verge. Uh, the, the, what people were saying is kind of a gimmick, I think, as 
slightly more than that, is the entire game can be played with your eyes closed. And you just want to get some good headphones on, uh, sit back, turn the lights off, and sort of experience the narrative. There's some slight interactions um, that can help you shape different parts of the narrative and respond to different things in, in the context of the soundscape you're in. Uh, it's claiming to have five hours of gameplay, uh, lots of binaural audio stuff. Uh, RPG elements like equipment mm-hmm. choice, uh, magical abilities, companions, quests, fully blind accessible, which if someone else can think of another game you can play 100% blind, let me know. Video game specifically, you know, it's right there in the name. Uh, headphones recommended for best experience. What do you think? It's funny because this actually reminds me, because way back when I was in college, I was working on a project with somebody that was like kind of like an arcade sort of rhythm game that was also supposed to be intended for visually impaired people to play um, i was just thinking that i was like i, I thought i, I kind of remember i thought you did something like this yeah um and through that we actually were introduced to a game called a blind legend that's available on mobile devices because mobile devices are actually really um visually impaired like friendly because they have all like you know the the built-in um screen readers and stuff mm. so mm-hmm. There's a game called The Blind Legend. I think it's on Android and iOS, but it, it sounds very similar because it also had like you kind of walk around a space and use your the audio to kind of figure out what direction you have to go in. And then it had like sword fighting too. Like you could block stuff and like choose different attacks to fight with. Very interesting. It's a really really interesting underexplored space. So stuff like this is always cool to see because audio games are actually really big in the visually impaired community as you can imagine. So it's mm-hmm. neat. I like this. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. At Remy Games, we're working on a, a prototype, something, something along these lines. It's been pretty interesting to Scoop. work on, and and uh, yeah, I'm I'm always looking for other you know Scoop. material to draw from. Scoop. Scoop. Actually, I don't know if I'm allowed <laughs> to talk about that, but no one listens to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it for the games that are out this week. I hope, uh, Devin. Do you know any other Canadian games that came out in the past seven days? No, not not off the top of my head, unfortunately. Perfect. You no, guys are better right. at this that, than I am. Well, we try. It's a it's a it's a full time job being a. No, it's not. Uh, I want to talk about some news and announcements. First up, of course, developed in Burnaby, British Columbia, NHL twenty twenty two is coming to next gen with a new engine. Now, well, it's people on, like uh, to throw around. It's on new engine. Yeah, it's on Frostbite or whatever. A lot. Frostbite is not a new engine in terms of engines it's a new engine to the nhl franchise so i would i would definitely temper expectations if if you're expecting a huge increase in quality to this year's chell as the kids say uh but steve you play these games pretty frequently why don't you talk to me a bit about this one uh i haven't played so i played nhl i didn't play 21 i played 20 i usually try to skip a year or two but um the last the last game didn't come to PS5 or Xbox uh, Series XS. Uh, this one does. This is the first one that does. So that's pretty sweet. And uh, I don't know if people remember this, but like the first NHL game that came to PS4 and Xbox One was like really gimped. Like it was missing a lot of features, mm. um, including like the EASHL feature uh, thing, which is like their their big thing. The um, big online thing, right? Yeah, like you basically like we could have a team that faces other teams and stuff like that. You have your own player and shit like that. It, did, it was missing that mode and a bunch mm-hmm. of other modes, and they still released it, and I still bought it. I'm still part of the problem. But um, <clears throat> so they they skipped last year, and now at least like this year, it has all the like. It, apparently, it'll have feature parity with uh, PS4 and 
and uh, Xbox One, which is cool. Uh, I guess. It, Do you think it'll be? They usually price their next gen ones at ten or fifteen more. Mm. Do you think that'll be the case this time? Let's take a look. I think I saw that. Yeah, I think it's like the thing where if you buy the like you know the, the All Star Edition or some shit, you get mm-hmm. the next gen version. Otherwise, it's you know ten bucks more or whatever. Mm. Um, and I guess I, I don't play Madden. I haven't. Play, I was talking in the Discord. I haven't played a football game since like NFL Quarterback Club like '96 on Nintendo 64. So apparently, it's wow, taking some like Madden features and stuff and throwing them in there and okay i don't know the frostbite engine is kind of interesting because like the like i guess madden's been on it for a few years but famously like madden's been kind of launching really like broken bad yeah (laughs) non-functional yeah so steve they didn't have lines you know the blue and yellow lines that football games have had since they started they forgot or somehow it was broken at launch yeah for the last so they also didn't have the white lines on the field so you were just playing on smooth grass just pro football Those screenshots look it so was weird too. amazing so i'm on the playstation oh my god I'm play, I'm, exactly i'm on the playstation store right now and and yeah that ps5 version of nhl 22 is is 90 bucks so they are doing that. disgusting they, they are they didn't do that last year right the I think no, because I don't because it didn't come to next gen. Last well, sorry, year. I mean EA games in general. I think were oh. free upgrades, and now they're just like, no, we're stopping that now. Interesting. FIFA transitioned to Frostbite in 2016, so it looks like NHL's the last one to mosey on over mm. to the busted. I think engine. FIFA launch is kind of broken too, doesn't it? I don't know. Do you remember that one year they released FIFA 20? No, it was FIFA 19 again on Switch, but it was called FIFA 20. Like, it was the exact same oh, they, piece of software. They keep doing that. If you go to FIFA, they call it, like, the... What do they call it? They call it, like, Legacy Edition. If you go to... Mm. You can actually look look it up right now. FIFA 21 Nintendo Switch Legacy Edition. Uh, <coughs> Gameplay features rosters. and modes That's will it, have right? parity with FIFA 20 on Nintendo Switch. Like, it's... they. At the very least, they're open <laughs> about it. They tell you, man, man. So those programmers at EA were definitely also upset when the Switch Pro was just an OLED screen. Devin, <laughs> 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 so, do you have any experience with the NHL or FIFA sports or EA sports games? I haven't played an NH like I haven't properly played an NHL game since like NHL '99 or so. So Whoa. I want to say no, but Steve Eisenman, um, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at these screenshots and I'm like. I'm just thinking, like, holy shit! Video games look so good. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, these look almost like real people, except for the dead eye stare that some of them have. But like, all there the like a, gear there was that really... they have on, I'm like, oh my god. The shine, and there was a video that went around TikTok, blew up, had a bunch of views, where there was uh, this guy playing FIFA, and his grandpa walked in, and for like 20 minutes, didn't realize it was his grandson playing, <laughs> and was like getting into the game that was happening, and was like cheering, and they were just filming him, and I'm like, yes, that is, we've we've hit that level of graphical fidelity with these sorts of games, where anyone over 60 can't tell, and that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's so good. I. I I'm also curious because I haven't played these games in so long. Can you still make like disgustingly like weird looking people? Like, can you still make like a six foot six dude who weighs four hundred pounds and just stomps on everybody? It's always been my favorite thing about sports games is just making like teams of people who are just like complete monstrosities that destroy <laughs> other teams. Is that a thing I can do? 
the the height and weight they've limited a little bit because I remember oh. in like NHL ten or eleven, like for three years, my friend and I were very hardcore with NHL. Like we had two teams, like a practice squad and and then the real squad and stuff like that. Wow, and yeah, it was it was <laughs> legit. And I remember like back then the game was a little pay to win, and I I was poor and I was like, oh man, I can't wait until I'm like richer and can actually just pay and like get all the stats I want. And now they don't do that. Uh, which is which sucks. <laughs> but um, you really are part of the problem, Steve. I know. And so, I remember back in the day, like I was, I was six foot six, like three ten ish, so a little under Devin's uh, grotesque monster. But <laughs> I made, I made that character, and I was slow as fuck on the ice. And my my friend was like, "Don't make you." Like, you are not an NHL player. Don't make your size. <laughs> and I know oh, in NHL funny. 20, I tried to do the same thing, but they limited it. So, like, the most I could, no. weigh, the most I could weigh was, like, 260 or something like that. Um, hold on, hold on. NBA. Heaviest NHL player. That It's got to be the max. Uh, like, whatever the max of that slider should be, should be the currently heaviest. Heaviest player. So, I, I think- so for weight and stuff, you can't, but you could still, like... You could probably still make a monster, like with. Okay, the heaviest currently listed player in the NHL is Nikita Trimakin of the Canucks, weighing in at two sixty five, uh, six foot seven. Yeah. I imagine that's also like muscle weight too. Yeah, that's the thing. I, so I Zion... just made my guys like cannonballs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you can't do that anymore. But with like the right skin, skin tone and hair color and all that shit, and, and like cheekbones and stuff, I'm sure you can make. You know, a monster. So no one's <laughs> making like Dark Souls one randomizer freaks. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Bummer. That would appeal to me uh, personally. But uh, yeah, if you are interested in giving the EA Corporation some money, NHL twenty two October. What's it say? It's usually around my birthday, fifteenth. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll cop it. Damn it, Steve. The first, the first PS five version. <laughs> I, I want to do that. The thing because I got the yeah. NBA one and then I was going to take a break, but then they had the WNBA player on the cover for the next one, so I want to. Oh support, yeah, I gotta support that. So I am, I'm part of the, whatever. Go to hell. That's okay. <laughs> you know what? You won't be playing this year. Anyone? Uh, goodbye, Volcano High. You can say goodbye to launching in 2021 because it's coming next year. Uh, uh, co-op mode. Huge shout out to them and their amazing work. Putting out a statement on Twitter. Uh, in addition to Global Events TM 2022 <laughs> saw us rebooting the narrative of our game. Read more about that in this thread. Uh, these factors have delayed our release timeline, so we're making what we're sure is by now an expected announcement. Volcano High is coming 2022. It's been a really hard year for many reasons. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take care of yourself. Um, Salim posted a, a thread talking about how, quote, I legitimately, uh, Salim, sorry, is the co-founder, co-director. Everyone's a co-founder, I guess of co-op mode uh studio decide or i legitimately didn't expect quote studio decides to not crunch so they delay a game end quote would be a news story we aren't doing anything special that's how fucked it is like we need more time big whoop capitalism has fucking worn us down i agree i like salim uh and i'm I'm interested in this this volcano game i'm interested in it too to me it's like one one delay even two delays isn't really a new story it's just like this is delayed you're not playing it this Mm -hmm. year and you're just like whatever Mm -hmm. there's other things i can play it's when like games kind of keep getting delayed and then you're just kind of like okay what's going on here like when below was delayed like a bunch of times cuphead was delayed a bunch of times and Mm -hmm. other various things if there's no the story of just like we aren't able to finish this game in a 40 hour week like that's 
<laughs> that's just like fact to know for me. It's just like, okay, mm-hmm. I won't be playing Goodbye Volcano Hide. Because it's a PS5 uh, exclusive game, isn't it? It is. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, and then even like even the results of a lot of delays, like Last of Us Part Two got delayed like six times. Mm-hmm. It launched amazingly. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 got delayed multiple times. It launched like dog doo doo. So like, it's not even you can expect, uh, oh, they're taking the time to work on it. Obviously, it's going to be better. It's just this whole fucked up, uh, you know, situation with game dev that uh, notice doesn't happen with film or TV too much. I wonder if it's the unionized workforces and labor practices, but it certainly uh, can't not be that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Devin, what do you think of Goodbye Volcano High? And, well, and game delays and development related. Yeah, to like, I think that the thing that you're kind of touching on that I think was good was like, um, it doesn't really, the delay itself isn't a big thing because that can mean any number of things, but like, it's more or less what matters the most is the process going on behind the scenes there. Cause like you said, like <laughs> cyberpunk got delayed a bunch and it kind of turned out a mess. Um, so like, I feel like in general I'm for delays cause usually that's indicative of that can be indicative of like, Hey, we're just giving ourselves more time and more breathing room on this. So we're not destroying ourselves <laughs> like with good mm-hmm. Vol- goodbye volcano high where they're just like, yeah, we're, we don't want to kill ourselves making this. So we're going to take some more time with it. Um, mm-hmm. and I, so I usually think that's good and like, maybe it's just me, but like, I know there's a lot of like fans who get really upset when it's like, I can't believe this was delayed for like a fourth time or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm usually in the camp of like, all right, I guess I'm just playing that later. Like it's, it's never been a, that big of a deal for me, but I've seen some people get really upset when a game gets delayed. I don't even remember the last that's time true. I was really upset over a game delay. Like when last of us two got kept game push, it was just like, ah, damn it. But oh, well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Even, yeah, I don't even like. Every Zelda gets delayed. I don't know. I can't. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. Game delayed. Yeah. It's like just part of the thing because it's like if they never announced that it was 2021, then they wouldn't even have had like they probably maybe had to say it for Sony's sake or something like that. But they, I am like they might have just said, yeah, it's coming out when it's it's ready, and then you know a couple months before they actually have the release nailed down, they're like, okay, it's ready. I'm You'll very play glad it when that- we let you play it. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Ben. I'm 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 just glad this process is at least normalized. Like it feels like in the last few years more games have gotten away with like hey, we're just delaying this. Whereas I feel like in like early 2010s, middle 2010s, that kind of thing would still kind of be out of left field and like most games weren't really doing that. But like mm-hmm. now it feels like it's much more of a process of like this is a a part of what we're allowed to do now without like generating too much negative buzz around it. I think COVID mm-hmm. was a big part of it too. Just everyone kind of understands that, like, yeah, definitely. Every, so much is different. Like, even just sh- like it took us. I, I it, t- it took us like two months to get our bed, or sorry, our couch. And they're just like, yeah, with COVID, just shipments are just kind of messed up. And we're like, yeah, I guess it's currently <laughs> stuck halfway down the Panama Canal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, was it on that boat? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the interesting thing about uh, that willingness to accept delays is now I no longer trust anything anyone says about a release date ever. If you see a release date in a trailer, (laughs) don't believe it. If you see an announcement at the Game Awards at E3, don't believe it. Like, they... 343 told us uh, Halo Infinite is launching holiday 2021. We can't wait to share more with you. And then a couple uh, months later, it was like, Halo Infinite is launching holiday 2022. We can't wait to share... Like, it doesn't mean anything And then this week, they said it's not launching with co-op or Forge. So, (laughs) so like... And, like, honestly... 
fool me once shame on me but you're gonna try and pull the it's launching this holiday for sure this time and we don't get a september announcement from them that like actually it's launching july 2022 it's like yeah the the willingness to just accept that game dev timelines and announcements don't mean anything also just like has that other effect where like i don't i don't trust anything you tell me ever anymore and that's why i love specifically when indies and triple do this where they just announce it and it's out like two weeks later like i remember inside had like a three minute trailer at uh, e3 at the xbox stage and it was out like two weeks later or mario odyssey is another good one where like it was announced in march and it was out in october i think uh, and fallout 4 was like that too they announced that another one yeah they announced that e3 and, and it was out in october november, november or whatever remember yeah and it's just like when the release date is really close and it's a date i'm like oh you probably actually have this figured out but yeah most don't yeah the the thing too is like i know at least in larger studios a lot of the drive for giving a release date is to secure pre-orders and then that you know Mm. makes money for stakeholders because you can set up pre-orders with storefronts if you go okay we're releasing it this time it's easier to get people to be like oh that sounds definite i'll pre-order it now um so I think that's where a lot of that comes from. But I bet if most studios had like the the financial flexibility to not have to say, hey, this is when the game is being released, then I bet most of them would probably want to do that. And it's interesting you say that because, A, I take from that the stakeholder-driven uh, way of producing games is bad for the people who make it, the people who buy the games, and the people who plan those games. Just all around bad for everyone but the stakeholders. And B, there are AAA studios who just do it. Like, Rockstar is like, every investor call to get 30 questions like, when's the next Grand Theft Auto? And they're like, shut up. We're going to release it when it's done. We're not going to announce release date. Just shut up and go away. And they are so hostile to their stakeholders in a way. I have a lot of issues with Rockstar for many reasons. But the fact that they just like, oh, no, we're going to work on a game for six years, never tell you about it, and then announce it and show a couple trailers like eight months before it's out is a way that I think proves to other AAA studios like KOF, Ubisoft, EA, etc. that delay games frequently that like you don't have to be these liars in the room. You could just choose to, you know, make it release it when it's ready announce it when it's ready and you know it and they don't and uh yeah i i think rockstar probably gets away with it because they're so freaking huge and like the stuff that they mm. make makes so much money that like they probably have like i bet stakeholders who are in rockstar probably have some degree of like okay we trust that everything that you have made in the last decade has sold amazingly well so we'll, we'll let you have that <laughs> yeah and it also comes back to that like uh these companies need to have a graph on the office that's just like a vertical line up. Yeah. And if it's at any point dips, uh, sound the alarms, fire the CEO, etc. <laughs> um, but that's too much on Goodbye Volcano High. I'm glad it's delayed. I'm glad they're taking time. I respect the team there and trust it's all going well. Just like yes. Steve, mm. your experiences with Sago Mini World, which just added a new game, Diner. Mm-hmm. Have you? Uh, you said you tried to play this with Sophia. How did that go? Oh, I, haven't, I haven't played Diner because so Sega Mini World is basically a collection. Like they used to just release all the games individually on iPad. By the way, if you hear a baby in the background, it's my baby in the background. Um, Hi, Sophia. So they used to have just like all the different apps, and they're all like little. They're they're baby games for babies. Like you just like mm-hmm. drag and drop, and it's all colorful and very pretty and stuff like that. Um, and then they kind of made a subscription service of just one app that then they put games into. So Diner, I haven't, so I haven't played the Diner, or rather, Sophia hasn't played the Diner one yet. She likes the Space One stuff um, and dinosaurs and stuff like that. So I don't know if she'll be feeling the food one, but 
all the games are like pretty standard. Like you drag stuff to something, and then there's like a little animation that's cute. So they keep. Adding, do they uh, stay things. on the app, or do they rotate them out like Netflix no, or something? Sh- I'm pretty sure they're all still on the app. They might. They may rotate them after a while. I'm trying to think. I know mm-hmm. the ones that she's played. I've only had the subscription for three or four months or so. I don't think they've removed any since then. I think they just kind of keep adding them. Maybe they'll get rid it's, of them eventually. But It's interesting we talk about this right after the economics of game development related to Global Volcano High because this is a, a way of funding game development uh, that I think has been exploding a lot recently. And specifically with the Playdate coming out where they're going to do like a season of games and they have like this one comes out every other week until the season's done and then that's the games you have for it Mm. it seems like um sago mini world is kind of something similar although playdate isn't a subscription as i understand it but this idea of like scheduled content that uh you know you can expect to get more throughout you know a certain timeline that i guess you could go back to like episodic adventure games yeah Um, but yeah it seems to be something i'm just noticing more uh especially in games as things go subscription based They've been doing it this for a while too, like a few years. So it's definitely it, it seems like it's a model that's working out for them. And I think because I think they've kind of accepted that. Like I remember talking to them one time because basically once the kid hits like four or five years old, like they're too old for their games. So it's just mm. a matter of like like they don't they don't have any sort of Sego like preteen like portion of their business or anything like that so they're really just like we're we're dedicated to that two to four age and like how do we you know how do we like interact and like get them to learn and all this stuff um so i think like the subscription model kind of works with that because it's just like always an app that's available to the kid that they can then just like open and stuff like that and and once your four-year-old's not a four-year-old just cancel the subscription just cancel yeah and i i yeah i can't imagine like a lot of parents are kind of like looking towards the next like sego mini game you know like they just sort of open their app and they notice that there's a new game like how you just interact with any streaming service yeah exactly yeah i don't know what's coming to netflix or anything like that or ps now or any of this shit i just like Mm -hmm. i just like go on and then it's like it tells me what's new so yeah what's what's the like churn not churn rate that's not the rate like how frequently do they release games for this you might have mentioned it but i know some people who work in like the educational games kind of space and it's like yeah we make them a game like once a month or once every two months and i'm always like oh my god like that's so fast i think the last one we talked about was i feel like i was living here in this house so like a month and a half ago or two months so yeah it's probably dang it's probably like new game sego mini dinosaurs was they tweeted on july 8th probably like once every month and a half they're putting a new one That's, they pump them out because uh, these aren't they're not complicated games you know they're 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 drag and drop and cute animations and stuff like that i think once you kind of got like they have the backbone in the app in terms of like what happens but mm-hmm. then it's just a matter of like art and i'm sure they're doing a lot of like testing with kids and and uh and sort of research development and stuff like that and 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 whatnot that's probably like where a lot of the time actually comes up not necessarily like building the game Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of asset creation yeah yeah exactly just a lot of art and stuff so this game is really cute though like it it's Mm -hmm. i always love psycho games because they always look like they remind me of those japanese mascots that are just like this weird combination of like this is an octopus that has giant eyes and is sitting in a ramen (laughs) cup and you're just like yeah okay (laughs) like they got that kind of vibe to it 
This is a dog with a chef's hat flipping a pancake. Yeah, it's a mascot <laughs> for a steakhouse in Kibuya. I don't know. Awesome. Uh, Sega Mini is for two to five. So if you have a, a child that age, check it out. Main Canada. Um, speaking of Main Canada. Ah, that was too big. I can't <laughs> use that one. That's just a weak segue. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we're not talking about Last of Us 2 again. Like, come on. Not again. Uh, Benjamin Rivers Inc. is no more. Uh, as of August 17th, after nine years, it has been retired. And instead, uh, Benjamin has teamed up uh, with Nancy Young, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, to make Bancy Co. I assume it's Bancy. It's B-A-N-C-Y. It wouldn't be Banky. That would be a K. So I'm going to say Bancy. I'll go with Bancy. Uh, they will be uh, making more games. Um, Benjamin, of course, famous for Home, Alone With You, Worse Than Death, on everything. Uh, including the Vita. And so, yeah, they've basically just partnered up, making a new studio, making new games. What they said think? on the, they tweeted on August 9, 19th, we're, we're hard at work on our colorful fourth game with the help of devs at Laundry Bear, who made Mortician's Tale and oh, published the yeah. game for Ghosts and worked mm-hmm. on Celeste, Obletes, and Moonglow Bay. And uh, and actually, in the, uh, Gabby works at Drinkbox Studios and stuff too. So, Awesome. Big fan. We're big fans of that studio. I'm a big fan of Benjamin Rivers. I think his games are awesome. Can't wait for whatever is coming up. I think the last game, worse than Death, when was that? That was a year and a bit ago. I'm trying yes. to trying to gauge roughly how long. Oh, it was July first, twenty nineteen. So two years ago. So probably still at least like still over a year till the next game so take your awesome. time uh benjamin's favorite game silent hill 2 nancy's favorite game katamari damasi so very different tastes <laughs> combined i look forward to silent hill damasi <laughs> yes you're rolling around the, the the fog with the the doghouse just collecting things <laughs> just rolling pyramid up heads. pyramid heads <laughs> someone's someone should make that that's a freebie you can have that one uh <laughs> coming at us from montreal uh Dead by Daylight is about to lose all the Stranger Things stuff from its store. Uh, I believe you will still be able to equip it if you have it, but you won't be able to buy it anymore. And I think this is indicative of an issue we're going to be seeing a lot of recently that I think started with the licensed music for like Rock Band Guitar Hero, where like as soon as it moved platforms, a bunch of it disappeared because the original licensing agreement didn't include the new platform, yada, yada. And now that every single game all the way to like Microsoft flight simulator is doing paid promotions with like top gun and just adding things you can go, Oh, I recognize that to a thing you're already playing to keep you playing. It is going to result in a lot of these, like actually the license is over and all that's gone uh, in big ways. Like what does Fortnite look like in even three years? Like are all those skins still accessible? Is all the little Nas X music still in it? Like I have no idea. And it's happening to a Canadian game dead by daylight. So I just want to know what you guys think about it's that. It's interesting. Cause like the way I'm thinking about it, like does this harm the studio in any way? Like they've, they got that licensing deal. People who are interested in stranger things probably saw it and went, Oh damn, like I'll pick that up. Cause I like stranger things or something. They, mm-hmm. maybe they bought the DLC and then, now it goes away, but the people have already been onboarded to the product because, you know, they they got in from that. So, like, losing that, I guess, maybe loses the people who, going forward, didn't get the chance to buy that. But at the same time, it, like, probably brought the people in who were interested. So, like, it, it doesn't feel like it's that harmful, I guess, for them to have lost it. I mean, it sucks. It's weird because licensing. Not to, like... 
make it dull down or not dull down but like this cold but like you're saying as long as the net added monthly players is higher is like plus anything it's probably a success yeah that is definitely what i'm thinking the <laughs> studio would care about <laughs> like as long as they don't lose as many players as they gained from the stuff then it's fine mm-hmm. so it says nancy yeah. steven demo gorgon will remain playable and dead by daylight for everyone who grabs them before november night 17th but the stranger things level is sadly going the way of the dodo Uh-oh. most importantly achievements related to the disappearing characters <laughs> and stages are also planned to become generic goals so as to avoid locking folks out of completing them Whew, oh so they that's... did think about it so you can <laughs> get the platinum in dead by daylight steve don't worry one of my uh, like one or two percent games because of you that's you're welcome uh they told kotaku in an email quote as with all live service games frequent updates additions and the occasional changes are to be expected our focus can yada 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 yeah that doesn't this is like the problem when you're doing stuff with licenses that aren't yours right like that was that's kind of like what happened with um Oh, we made the Walking Dead games. Telltale games. Telltale. Like they, they made all this. They made the exact same game with licenses that weren't theirs. And so when, when the time when it came to like money, they're just like, well, we don't have. Yeah, I I th- I think the interesting part about it is like the these studios have legal teams who like do these deals and stuff and like review this, right? So like my thinking is, did they make this licensing deal with the knowledge that they would lose this at some point or they could have lost this at some point and they were just like fine with that like that's just something that they went in from the beginning knowing that was going to happen because like if it was because like you know a license ran out or a legal thing ran out like they would have been able to see that and been like hey this means that when we hit this point we're gonna have to lose this license and they just kind of accepted that as a thing they're fine with i would imagine that most of these contracts it's like there's like options to carry it out it's like okay you get this for two three years and then after that you know we either got to renegotiate or we got to figure something out mm-hmm. and this is the only one that's happening for stranger thing that's interesting steve so do you think that means if that is the case that it didn't do as well as they wanted so they didn't opt to renew i think this is more so connected to strength to, to um to netflix game more into video games right and, yeah and agree. now they're just like you know what we have one of our biggest I'm assuming it's one of their biggest IP. I've only watched the first season. And they're just like, we have these Stranger Things games. And, you know, there's rumors of, like, them working with Sony and all this stuff. Like, I got to imagine, like, this isn't just like, okay, you got your money. You got your Stranger Things money now. Like, it's not getting money or it's hurting the brand or something like that. I got to imagine, mm-hmm. like, they're now kind of just like, okay, we, th- we're we going to move this over to, like, our whatever the hell we're working on. Because mm-hmm. they have Stranger Things video games, don't they? Yeah, they did a Stranger Things 3, even though there wasn't a 1 or 2, which is funny. It was just for season 3. It was like a, uh, like like a, a SNES, SNES adventure-style yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think done, it's connected to that. They did an Endless Runner. The first time Netflix got into games, they just did four copy-and-pasted Endless Runners for like Stranger Things, Narcos, something-something. And they were all playable in the web. And I played all of them, and they were all terrible. Um, and then there was the Stranger Things 3 game, and really, they haven't dabbled much with games based on Netflix shows. So I think I'm the thing that bums me out the most about this is just the fact that like it's it's content that's not going to be there. But like people had to work on that content. Like they're getting mm. rid of a map, and as a level designer, it's like you probably had a level designer who worked on that map for like a year and a half before this thing Ouch. launched to get it there, and like having that be taken out because it's like well. <laughs> license deal expired or we're not renewing it or whatever like that 
that hurts. That would someone go check on that level point to it anymore, like as a portfolio piece. I mean, you can tip post pictures and stuff, but you can't be like, yeah. go play this level I made right now. You just yeah, can't do that like, anymore. It's no longer playable. I mean, like at best, you could like frantically record it or like save YouTube videos and then put that on your your portfolio and be like, this was a thing, but it no longer is there. Man, yeah, I didn't yeah. even think about that. I mean, it, it helps for a a very well streamed game like this that there is probably thousands of hours of footage of this level on the internet right now but uh yeah or like you made one of the models of the characters and now it's just no longer there and it's like even even if it's like you know you still have access for that for the portfolio it's still like pretty demoralizing to be like oh because we didn't renew a license or something my work's no longer shown off great <laughs> man yeah an interesting uh what do they call it when uh you like reading something into the future it's like superstitious auger is that the this is a fun pro, celtic pro, name prophecy for it. Don't prophecy know. let's go with prophecy oh no that an omen it's a bad omen there i think uh for the future of game games that do these licenses uh but ending on a happier note for the news this week uh coming at us from toronto based developer uh woolly walrus uh they're really cute really great game beat blast is leaving early access august 25th getting modifiers kind of like the you know modifiers like the skulls and halo or stuff like that to spice up your runs and achievements steve so you don't like steam achievements though so you'll be waiting for the console release gotta get the steam deck that's true do you think you'll get into steam achievements once the steam deck's Mm, out maybe i will be playing more steam games Mm -hmm. when the steam deck happens you don't like Steam achievements? No, I have no problem with Steam achievements. I'm just totally too focused on PlayStation trophies. <laughs> you you got to get all the PlayStation ones first, and then you'll move on to Steam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once I get all the PlayStation trophies, then I'll <laughs> then I'll go get some Steam achievements and stuff like that. Um, to be honest, I just I don't like I just don't play games on the PC that much. That's why I'm really excited for Steam Deck, so I can play all these games like Bombing, a Graffiti Simulator. Uh, unless that's coming to PS4, Devin. Uh, I cannot comment on that at this time. Devin, have you seen Beat Blast? Uh, do you know the premise of this No, game? but I'm looking at it now, and it looks like uh, Geometry Wars with a beat. Yeah, so basically yeah. the pitch you make is it's, a, it's awesome. It is. It's a twin stick shooter. You'll notice in the bottom left is sort of like a a, a grid, which actually f- uh, functions as like a, a count for sheet music, like just like uh, I guess two bars, and you place um, notes on those bars. That is the pattern of your attack. So you can add oh. like, and you have to purchase these and like equip them. So you can add like a slash or a shot comes out in front of you, or two shots go out to each side, and you're building this sort of little two bar composition of your attacks that plays on beat with the world and sort of pulses in real time, kind of like sound shapes. Uh, but instead of a platformer, it's a top down twin stick shooter. And yeah, you, you build this two bars of attacks and you go into these levels and, and I, I think on the fly you can change them. I'm not quite hundred percent sure it's a rogue light. So you do earn these upgrades and like you, you will go into every run with, with better beats to blast into your enemies. Uh, very, very, Dope game, in my opinion. All right, that's it for the news and announcements. Time to move on to everyone's favorite segment, Wish List This. A long time ago, in an apartment far, far away, uh, Steve and Brett would frequently wish list games while they were talking about them. So I was like, hey, why not just make a segment every week? I'll pick three upcoming Canadian made games. Steve has to add to his wish list. And Devin, open Steam uh, right now. <laughs> First up, Clan Folk by Minmac Games in British Columbia. 
It's releasing this year on Steam. Quote, Clanfolk is a mostly historically accurate colony and life simulation. Clear the land, build a home, hunt fish, gather craft, have children, marry them off, raise livestock, farm, meet the neighbors, hire, trade, run an inn, prepare for winter. That was a lot of commas. Uh, build your home in the highlands or die trying. Um, Min Max Games, Min Max Games. Sorry, Steve. You might remember from previous wish list this segment uh, for their game Golftopia, uh, which was a super dope wacky arcadey sort of like you make the golf course but then you can play on it uh game uh and then you're sort of like in real time managing like weed growth and like rainfall and stuff uh it was super cool uh this is a in the simulation genre but a very very different ship shift tonal this reminds me so much and i would not be surprised if they were looking at rimworld because i'm a big rimworld person and uh this gives me big room world vibes. I'm super These into it. UI, like if you go to the the fourth screenshot on their page, that left side of the screen that's just a wall of text, just instantly. <laughs> I don't play a lot of games that require math or really any thought more than twitch based reactions so these kind of games often intimidate me and i don't get into them because of the steep fish learning curve but uh, it sounds like Devin, this might be a game more up your alley yeah it, it's funny because i'm the complete opposite of that where i don't like stuff that is very twitch based but i love stuff that is like too in-depth and like just makes you think too much um so this looks like crusader kings meets Rimworld, and those are both properties that i love so yeah i'm I'm wishlisting this. Oh Excellent. man, one of the one of the gifts at the bottom is like the farm or whatever is like completely on fire, and then the next screen is him going to a bunch of graves. <laughs> yeah, and th- that fifth screenshot where it's just like it looks like your whole family, and then an empty grave right next to it. I'm like, oh, this game's gonna be kind of messed up. Is huh? this one of the ones where you name everyone so that when when I think it's, it's just procedurally like procedurally generated. Uh, it's like Stephen died by fire. Devin died by yeah, starvation. Basically, like, oh. that's just yeah, how that's Devin a lot would like Rimworld too. I wouldn't be surprised if this is like oh harsh environments and like everything kills you because that was part of the fun of Rimworld as well, where it's like yeah oh suddenly you get raided and then you half your clan is murdered and you have to bury them and then rebuild your clan from that. So I wouldn't be surprised. <clears throat> At the very bottom of the page, it recommends me Rim Rimworld. There you go. Oh, there sometimes you go. the Steam algorithm gets it, and sometimes you're looking at an indie shoot 'em up, and they recommend Dark Souls Three. So, <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it works. Uh, so it's on Devin's wish list. But Steve is Clan Folk by BC based MinMax Games on your Steam wish list. Yes, it is. Excellent. Uh, next game today on wish list this comes to us from Twitter, as most of these do. The Ranch of Rivershine by Eloise Laroche in Quebec, who you may remember as the dev behind Lemon Cake, a baking sort of sim, uh, kind of like Diner Dash meets... Uh, no, it's it's pretty much like Diner Dash, but cuter and better. Uh, I was a big fan of Lemon Cake, and I'm quick, or I'm surprised how quick their, their next game was announced, because as I understand it, it is this, just this developer, you know? Uh, but Ranch of Rivershine, quote, Saddle up and build your own horse ranch. Raise foals, care for your horses, and train them as you explore the western wilderness. Participate in cross-country competitions and become your town's champion. Befriend the villagers who will help you on your adventure at the Ranch of Rivershine. Uh, visually, this game is is a lot like Lemon Cake. There's a lot of very, very bright, happy 
vibes immediately uh and they also do that thing i love where they show you how to wishlist the game in the description with a gif and there's the horse just comes out from the left and then some hearts appear over its head as you click wishlist so some some emotional manipulation i approve of uh what do we think not really like into it, horses it, but Steve, <laughs> come on but i really i do like the color the colors and stuff of like that it looks really cute um and i i can just think of like a few friends that would just fucking love this game just based on on everything but um it's kind of like i guess it's it's like a harvest moon see um type of situation but with just horses you're just focusing on the horses so and they're gonna they're stressing the relationship with the villagers i think there'll be a big social component to this mechanically this is so different from lemon cake too which you know as a someone who watches a lot of small teams make games, there's usually a, a consistency in mechanics. Like take Supergiant, for example. All their games are kind of the same perspective. You're doing sort of left and right combat. And it's obvious like a lot of the next game is built on the foundation of their other games. Whereas this doesn't really share anything with Lemon Cake. It's sort of a... Uh, it's yeah, it's more like an open world adventure. There, there's horse riding in the game, which already is a bunch of work for a solo dev. Uh, and I think it's interesting that they are going such a different direction uh, mechanically with the next game, where visually it, it does feel in line with Lemon Cake. What do you think, Devin? Uh, yeah, it's interesting that like befriending villagers and such is kind of like mentioned as one of the features. But if I'm looking at like some of the the promo art and like images and stuff it doesn't i don't actually see any other villagers there so my suspicion mm-hmm. is that this might be earlier on so it might be a little ways out from launching and maybe the page is just kind of put up early but i really I'll, I'll let you in on a secret when i was 13 i uh i went to a miniature horse camp because i really wanted to go to a miniature horse camp for summer Whoa. i don't know why um so I have a very special connection with horses. So I've I've actually always wanted to play kind of like a horse game because they're they're like a, a genre. Like I went on the Switch and there's like four different horse games of all like varying levels of quality, and I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. So I'm I'll I'll probably wish this this. Awesome. It's funny you say that. I went to horse camp for seven years before I learned I was allergic to horses as a kid. My, my family. <laughs> Are friends with these people who own a horse camp. Shout out to Frontier Trails out near Ottawa. Uh, but yeah, every summer I would go and there, stay there for two weeks and then get a horrible red eyes and sneezing. And I'm like, oh, I have allergies. And I was right. I was just wrong about what I was allergic to. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the horse genre, people don't understand. Um, I, I think people do because it gets memed a lot. But like horse girls is a genre of video games and it's often a it's 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 just a photograph of a woman next to a horse like cut out put on top of like the in-game screenshot and yeah it's so many of these games come out because there is a huge market for these and horse girls love horse games i'm a horse girl and i will be playing ranch of river shine um <laughs> so i gotta ask is ranch of river shine from eloise laroche and quebec on both of your Steam wish lists. Yes, it is. Yes. Excellent. All right, last game today on wish list this is very interesting to me and kind of reminds me of some of the wacky stuff Nintendo's been doing like with that garage building game uh, they released recently. Uh, Mini Maker comes to us from Casarara in Montreal. Uh, quote, build knockoff miniatures for clients with ridiculous requests, assemble paint, add effects to your creations, deal with the wonky tools and unexpected hazards. Don't bother looking for an undo button. There are none in this anti-perfectionist workshop simulator. Do you two know 
the bad guy in Toy Story 1 who just, like, cuts toys apart and stitches them together to make stuff. Yes. That guy. The bully kid. Made a game, and it's called Mini Maker, and it's got kind of like, if you played, like, Spore or any of those uh, where you have that character creator screen, you're making some messed up toys in this game. Just some monstrosities. Just so, and then a third s- screenshot in, they made a skateboarding link, <laughs> which is really funny. The skateboard's the shield. What Back do you think? Back to Devin's comment on NHL where you can just make like grotesque monsters. And I feel like this is the game where you can just, <laughs> just make some really weird <laughs> fucked up shit. <laughs> I want to make some really weird fucked up shit. And then there appears to be like a sort of like, I don't know. If you look at the fourth screenshot, I feel like it'll be like an overworld type thing where like you're going to people and they're asking for a certain kind of toy and, that, and yeah. you'll be buying parts to take back to your messed up demon toy making center. I'm not selling the game's aesthetic very well. It is not. It doesn't look like the bedroom of the Toy Story villain. It looks <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, kind of like the characters are like small dot eyes on big faces like uh, Katamari Damacy or Wadham. And it's very cute and colorful, um, but the toys you're making. Look- yeah, I, I really like the contrast because it's got like a 2D and 3D thing going on where the characters are mm. 2D and like very simple, kind of like just completely white, big heads, tiny eyes and stuff. But then like the things that you're making are like these 3D models that are like pretty elaborate and like smooth in a lot of cases that makes them kind of mm-hmm. look off-putting. I like it. It is it is a very distinct contrast, and it looks like the person you're making the toy for, I think, is like sitting in the bottom right, sort of looking up at the, the weird thing you're making, just smiling. <laughs> yeah. And it's got, and there's a timer at the top, so I, it'll definitely be. I think there'll be some like arcadiness to it, like maybe you just have to hit a couple qualifications. So wonder, kind of similar to like, I wonder if it's something like Scribble Knots, where it's just like, here's the here's what you need to do, but you can do it. In a bunch of different ways, it's just like mm-hmm. make a make a hero with a sword and a shield, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. like okay, well the shield's a skateboard. <laughs> oh, interesting. So I'm I'm looking at um some of the description stuff too. It looks like parts of these animate. You can put like animated stickers on it that will like blink and stuff too, which is unnerving. Um, but it says also that it'll have co-op, like couch co-op mode as well. Ooh. Oh yeah, what build me a hero with three arms was is one of the one of the things and one of the gifts. Yeah, and that's such like a vague general thing that you can really do anything with that. And I, I feel like this game's gonna be very generous. Or like, if there's three things a certain length attached to another thing, you pass. You know what I mean? Yeah, co-op would be yeah, sweet. I think, though. I think that'd be pretty cool. I think for these kind of games, that's kind of where a lot of the time it falls apart for me. So I'm I'm curious how they approach it because like I like always like building your own stuff or like painting your own stuff. But then what I find when games try to like judge that, it's usually just kind of like hit or miss where sometimes it'll be like yeah that's exactly what i painted or like it won't have an idea of what i painted because it's just kind of searching for like a how much pink i applied to something so i'm <laughs> I'm curious to see how they tackle this i'm excited i gotta ask is mini maker from montreal-based casarara on your steam wish list yes it is yes excellent that's it for wish list this if you want us to talk about your game we want to talk about your game send it contact canadiangames.com tweet at us Tag it, wishlist this. We'll find it. Don't worry. I'll find you and your game, and I'll wishlist it. 
All right, that's it for Wishlist This. Let's talk about uh, anything in the Discord come up recently, Steve. I've also been kind of absent recently. Uh, no, we were just teasing because um, there's no, there's only one place in On Sound to get a burrito. It's like this Casa, uh, what's it, Casaro Foods or something like that downtown. It's really expensive. It's like seventeen dollars for a burrito. It's ridiculous. So my brother and I are jokingly trying to open up, uh, like. A barberito or a chipotle or something. Please don't have a Steve. Barberito's garbage. I just want a burrito. I just want <laughs> a burrito, <laughs> and uh, and we're coming up with puns and stuff like that. And it's and there's no seriousness to this. We I know. Oh, did I contribute? Habanero Bros. I yeah, think. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Devin, what do you think? Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> good, so, good. But no, uh, nothing, uh, nothing much. A couple political discussions, but. Because of the election that's happening. Ah, Did, uh, who won in Halifax? Did your bet? What happened with your bet? For the first time in my life as a voter, the person I voted for won. So that's nice. But it's an overwhelmingly conservative province now. And I want to leave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if you want to talk about that, probably don't want to talk about that. But if you want to talk about burrito places, join our Discord. Link in the description. Link in the show notes. Yada, yada. I'm introducing a new segment, guys. Increasingly, Steve and I have been covering uh, various Canadian Kickstarters. So I'm starting Kickstarter Corner. Every week, we're going to check in with some Kickstarters we've uh, covered and see how they're doing and look at the results of them. Uh, so first up, I want to highlight Last Soul, which we covered on Wishlist this in the past. Coming soon to Kickstarter. Uh, the developer Tony has been hopping into our Discord, talking about it, asking questions. And so I just want to bring this to people's attention. Uh, cute shooting robot is the last hope in Last Soul. Uh, he calls it Mario with Super Guns Adventure. Uh, this is by Woolam in Calgary. The last, uh, <laughs> or do you read the first thing? Mankind lost its will to live. Like, oh, that's a yeah. big move. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Uh, yeah. I'm uh I'm interested in this one. We liked the Kickstarter. Uh, sorry, we liked the Steam page. Wish listed it, and uh, yeah, Tony's. I don't know how much he's comfortably sharing. He was kind of DMing me, but uh, this Kickstarter would be big for the future of the game and uh, potential, you know, partnerships with other people in the industry that I want to see uh, this developer get. And so I want to highlight it for everyone. So add it to your, uh, you know, notify me when this Kickstarter campaign campaign goes live. Check out the Steam page and wishlist it. And uh, we're going to be keeping our eye on this one. Uh, Steve, Lux Primora didn't get funded. I think you know a bit more about the state of this Kickstarter. No, I just saw someone mention in Discord that it, uh, yeah, they didn't hit their goal. Um, they canceled it before the, the end or whatever. And I think there's a comment or an update. Um, this was the Golden Sun inspired JRPG. Yeah, Golden Sun JRPG. So Sunset Announcement. Hey, everybody. Director, producer Derek here with final update. You might have wondered why things have been so quiet. Our team has been figuring out how we want to go forward. A uh, difficult decision has been made to suspend the development of Lux Permora indefinitely. Mm. Um, what does Sunset Project mean? Not dropping over it. Coming weeks, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, basically, there's a thing on the, the Kickstarter that basically says like we, we're kind of stepping away from it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they, you know it's too bad, but hopefully, hopefully, you know they can kind of come back in the future. And uh, I'm down for this. Like, Golden Sun is like a great JRPG, and there's not many JRPGs that have like environmental puzzles and stuff like that. So hopefully, um, hopefully they can kind of come back. But it's too bad. Games are hard. One of the only non-mobile 
developers in Saskatoon as well. Uh, so definitely a, you know, uh, underrepresented part of the country for when it comes to game development. And yeah, hopefully uh, they can sort something else out or, you know, find another way to pick this back up in the future. But unfortunately, that's it for now. Uh, but yeah, that's it for Kickstarter Corner this week. Uh, next week, we're going to have a bunch. So stay tuned. Uh, let's close out the show by talking about what we've been playing. Uh, let's start with Devin. Uh, hit me with what you've been playing, what you've been thinking, and uh, we'll talk oh, about no. it. Um, oh, no. Or tell us what you're thinking. <laughs> <sighs> what am I thinking? Um, yeah, I don't know. I I have this thing, like... I don't play a lot of new games. Like I tend to kind of just go towards, as I mentioned before, like these games that are very systems driven and like you can get really deep into and just play them for a million hours. So I've been playing Mm -hmm. a lot of Arma because of that. Um, There's a mod called Antistasi, which is I think like Greek for like revolution or like resistance or something. And so it basically like, it puts you as like, it's it's got all the armor systems where it's like oh you know bad guys all the weird military gear and junk um but it puts you as like this like little resistance group that is basically um trying to push back like foreign invaders from your whatever like island you're based out of um but it's it's like really deep and it's very kind of like open and like player oriented so you can kind of like choose where you want to attack you can gather forces you can order ai around um so it's very like involved so i found that like in the last like month or so i've probably put in like a hundred and something hours into that (laughs) it's that's a lot yeah like this is how i play games i just invest time into one game for a long time so it it's kind of it's kind of rough we are kind of opposites in that way because I would spend those hundred hours playing an hour of a hundred games and not finishing anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's weird. Like when when I find a game, I will just like latch onto it in that way. Um. But yeah, I've I've been jump. I jump around to some other things, but usually there's like one or two things that I always kind of hang on to. Um. I've been playing some some RuneScape again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have a friend who's been playing old school RuneScape since like the month it came out. And sometimes like I just like he'll like stream his video on Discord and he's like operating at a level with this game that like transcends the galaxy brain and that meme. Like he'll be like clicking all over the place, doing things, explaining what's happening. I don't know what's going on. I just like watching someone who's just, you know, achieved the ten thousand hours in something in a way that I don't understand what's happening. I just really like seeing something executed at such a high level. And uh, yeah, RuneScape has been has been that for me. <laughs> Why are you playing RuneScape still, Devin? Uh, I, I just got back into it because I heard there was a mobile version of it. And I was like, oh, that'd be a nice thing to just like lay in bed and just, you know, play a little bit of RuneScape. It's honestly like kind of been like an idle game for me. Like I don't play it with much like intention or purpose. I just kind of, if I'm like in a meeting or something that's kind of slow, I'll just open up RuneScape and like just bop around, kill some chickens or something. But it it's very nostalgic. I love the music in that game. Buying a bunch of rocks. Unfortunate yeah, news about the composer of that RuneScape music recently, but Uh-oh. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't like <laughs> the, I don't like the music in that game anymore. Um, uh, sorry. Also, I just want to add Conan Exiles uh, is a game I didn't expect to like, but I have also been enjoying. It's very very weird. Kind of just 
bare bones survival game like it's what you would expect from the survival genre but in like mm-hmm. a weird fantasy conan world and you can also climb everything which is i feel like a really easy way to get me into an open world game now is just say anything is climbable so i've been all mm. over that all i know about that game is it has uh a very comprehensive uh, genital slider in the character creator screen <laughs> with some great physics you can set server permissions for nudity, so you could be like partial nudity, full nudity. It's good. <laughs> Conan colon full frontal nudity. Uh, Conan colon. Yeah, col- Conan's colon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're getting into some dangerous space. Uh, I've been playing Hades since it came to Game Pass. Everyone's heard about Hades. I have nothing new to add about Hades. It hasn't already been said. Uh, I think. I might beat it. I've never beat a roguelike. I've never beat a roguelite. I don't care for the genre structurally, but man, the characters in Hades are just so dope. And I just want to hear Hypnos talk to me one more time. And so I'll, I'll die just to get to Hypnos again. The <laughs> I could go on about Hades, but it's such meticulous design in that game. The, the way that characters will well your your next line with them when you talk to them will be so specific to what just happened to you or like how far you got in a run or like who you died to in that run another character will have a line that could only be said to you if you just died to that character on that run it's it's mind-boggling the the level of detail in that game and uh yeah i've noticed uh uh, snug sound in the discord also just getting into hades because it's on game pass so i hope all the stragglers who haven't played hades will check it out now that it's on game pass and i didn't really i didn't expect i, I guess i should have expected but again this is just like all of super giants other games i played so in like the presentation of the game um and what you're doing in it isn't real doesn't really feel new to me it's everything else they've sort of wrapped around what you're doing that is keeping me in it. Um, Devin, do you have any experience with Hades? I'm one of those stragglers who has not played Hades. Um, Mm. And I think it's kind of getting to the point where I'm worried about playing Hades because everyone has said so much good stuff about it that I'm not going to like it. (laughs) Like, I kind of had that reaction with Bastion where, like, I spent a long time, I just never got around to playing Bastion. And was like, Bastion's, like, one of the greatest games or whatever. Then I ended up playing it, and I was like, oh, it's, I mean, it's okay. It's it's not bad, like it's good, but it's not really my thing. Um, I I think I've I might have played the first little bit of Hades, but yeah, I don't know. I think I'm 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 mostly worried it's it's not really my thing, just like gameplay wise, because mm. I'm I'm not a very like action oriented kind of person, so I might just bounce off of it because of that. It has something uh, I forget who first described it as. Uh, christmas lights diarrhea at a certain point in the game (laughs) where once you've equipped enough abilities and have enough things going on i literally just like fat thumb a b and y at the same time and just move the left stick around and i just basically just see the numbers pop off enemies and just smash that and move around until everything stopped moving and then i go to the next room um it definitely (laughs) it definitely yeah is like like once you get to like the second or third world in that game, if you've been collecting uh, like enough upgrades that add all these different visual animations and effects around your character, you have I I have no idea what's happening. I play a lot of video games. I think my uh, Christmas lights diarrhea um, vision is 
pretty tuned. Like I can, I can usually tell what's going on. I have no idea what's happening in this game past a certain point, and uh, <laughs> I'm fine with that. Uh, I've also been playing Splitgate because a bunch of people uh, who I casually play games with all messaged me on the same day and were like, "Hey, can you play Splitgate with me today?" I was like, "Oh shit, I didn't even know about this game," uh, including Steve. And Splitgate is Halo Two with portal guns yeah, it's, and it's, it's literally just halo and portal there's nothing else you need to describe straight up they aped halo 2 to a t even the reticles for the different guns that have the same name as the guns in halo 2 like they know they know what they're doing so much and in a way i was trying to talk to my friend uh, about this where fortnite announces they're shoehorning among us into fortnite i'm like wow fuck epic this sucks i hate that Whereas some indie studios like, hey, we remade Halo 2 and put the portal guns in. I'm like, that's awesome. Galaxy Brand, I love that. Uh, and I don't know why I'm so willing to um, jump into such obvious, uh, not, um, what's the legal term? Uh, not, not, you know, infringement, but a very naked uh, <laughs> uh, inspiration for your game to a, to a point where it shares names reticles movement um shots to kill like so much of halo 2 is just Mm -hmm. save as open in unity and now you got split gate uh obviously it's not that easy but what do you what are you thinking about split gate steve uh yeah i mean it's it's been the game that i've been addicted to the last couple nights is really all i played this week um it I I always enjoyed Halo, but I was always terrible at it. Like I'm I'm fucking awful. Like we always like my team always loses because of me. But I'm actually pretty good at Splitgate. And obviously, there's like you know it's it's early access or beta or whatever they want to call it. Indefinite beta is what they just yeah announced. I think they just announced yeah exactly. And um, but I mean, it's just like super cool. Like everything about the game, and I've kind of just been feeling like a first person shooter arcade art like sort of game and i was playing metro and some other things and it wasn't hitting that stride but like split game is just like awesome like i can't wait to like i just want to play it like it's it's now the game that's just like taking over my mind where i'm just like oh i want to like how when when am i playing split gate today Mm. i'm 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 feeling it and i'm excited like for the future like i hadn't heard of this game because i guess it's been out since 2019 Mm -hmm. i haven't heard of this game since like until like a couple weeks ago um 10, 10 million downloads in 30 days for, the, yeah. for some, and I'm for one some of context. 10 so it's pretty sweet. And apparently they're announcing some stuff at Gamescom this, this week. So I'm, uh, I'm kind of all in. Stranger Things is coming to Split Game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Open the, the upside down world with your portal. That's what we've been playing. And that's it for episode number 195 of the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. Wow, what a ride. Uh, if you want to help us keep doing what we're doing, check out patreon.com slash canadian game devs two-day early access to the podcast discord perks game key giveaways discounts for canadian gaming events and at the five dollar credited patron tier or higher uh we'll put your name at the end of every episode like these lovely patrons thank you so much to aaron mcleod canuck play david winter david Nagy, daniel miller dugsy eric beer eleanor hanel gene leggett jeff shepstone jeffrey canham graph metal kai hutchins meow the leon nicholas a zorko nav from the academy of games Pixelnauts underscore Alex, check out Rocket Rumble on Steam, Sean Hayden, and Stacey H. Also, if you're on Apple Podcasts or any podcast service which allows reviews, please give us one. I'm always looking for ways to improve the show. I'm always amazed when someone tells me they listened to it and liked it. Um, so, 
if you want to amaze me and Steve, uh, please drop us a review. If you can't uh, review us on whatever you're listening to, contact at CanadianGameDevs.com, at CanadaGameDevs on Twitter. And Devin, if someone wanted to seek you out on the internet and you wanted them to find you, where should they go? Uh, I am on Twitter at DevinWeirdsman.com. That's D- or at DevinWeirdsman.com. Well, that doesn't work. Nice. At Devin Wiersma on Twitter. Uh, that's D-E-V-O-N underscore W-I-E-R-S-M-A. Very complicated, but you can find Strong me Dutch name. <laughs> exactly, yes. I went to school with a lot of Wiersmas in rural Ontario. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where uh, you'll find them. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Devin. I can't wait to play Hotline Miami 3 when you guys release it this December. And, uh, if people... <laughs> with what you're doing uh it's at what's the twitter for beans team i, I should know this beans uh is i beans? i actually don't think there is a twitter hold on i'll find it from gabriella's oh there isn't that's what i thought it's just I don't, yeah twitter is yeah. an awful fucking place anyway so i mean <laughs> you're not wrong so follow us there at canada game devs uh <laughs> and uh steve our bet corner this week what do we got you said uh canada gets the, no i said canada's women gets the w i was right i said liberals get a healthy majority in nova scotia election they lost like 20 ridings and are quite roundly just squashed uh so i was wrong and i still haven't put that money you gave me into a stock yet but i will do you want to place any other bets before our next pod Devin? you want to place a bet on your way out i'm not a betting person that's fair. Steve's a compulsive gambler, so I sort of created this segment <laughs> to keep him in track until the casinos are fully functional my again. Birthday. We're the... My birthday. I can't wait. All right, Steve, here's my bet for this week. Uh, Devolver Digital. Sorry. I was just looking at that oh, yeah, logo. Oh, Gamescom thing. That's what I'm going to say. Drinkbox announced, please pay attention to the Gamescom opening night pre-show. So I'm predicting nobody saves the world release date announced this week. Uh, and I want it this year. I think we're close. They're, they're also one of those studios where, like, especially for Guacamole 2 and um, the Vita 1, oh my god, Severed, the re- the announcement to release was, was pretty tight, and, you know, Drinkbox has been doing this for almost 10 years. They, you know, it's it's safe to say they've got it figured out to an extent where they'll announce it, and it'll probably come out that day. So I'm thinking 2020 release date and announced this week at Gamescom. I'm going to put that in the bets. All right. What about down. you? Um, put down uh, The Last of Us multiplayer. Dear God, I hope you're wrong. That would consume me, Steve. Factions, factions, <laughs> baby. I I really have to go though, so I'm gonna just All right. I'm gonna hit up and give you the Google thing. But give me the thing. Bye, bye. <laughs>